0: Thanksgiving weekend. I hope yours was good. I'm going to get right into the meat of our podcast today. And I'm going to warn you, I'm starting this off with a very, very strongly worded sentence. So be prepared. Put your earmuffs on if you don't like swear words because I got a big one coming at you right now. So being that it was Thanksgiving weekend, It looked like my mom decided to take this opportunity to, in essence, tell me to fuck off and die. I'm going to quote here, don't ever bother me again, you don't exist, you died. Now I got to tell you guys, this podcast is taking a lot of courage for me to create for you today. Because I'm going to talk about abuse. And I'm going to start this off with my own story. And I've touched on this in other podcasts. I've touched on this in my webinars. You know, I'm I'm somewhat of an open book about this. But I haven't really gone into detail. And I'm going to in this podcast. Because I really want to use my life and I often do. I want to use my life as a teaching tool. I want to help you and in order to help you I need to help you understand and we are storytellers by nature. We have evolved as storytellers. You go back until the very beginning until they first discovered that we existed. Early homo sapien and what do they find? Cave drawings, stories. We've grown to, le- to learn, to teach, to lean on each other, to use storytelling as a method of education. And when I teach you, I always want you to see what's happening in your life by seeing it happen in others. I don't want you to feel alone And when I talk about the sort of relationship that I want you to be in, I often bring up mine because I want you to learn to emulate it. I, I want you to conceive it so you can achieve it. You know that old saying? And today, what I want you to conceive of is the notion that abuse can stop. Now, guys, my first abuser was my mother. My last abuser was my mother and I want to talk to you about how childhood abuse has an effect on your romantic life because even though my mother was my first and she was my last she was not the only one and this is a pattern I myself had to break. This is a pattern I understand. I Get it, that there is difficulty breaking away from abusive loved ones because the definition of love becomes skewed when you are developing, when you are a child and the people who are supposed to love and protect you are the people who are hurting you. And the association to love becomes dysfunctional. You know, I see this in my clients I see how they don't know better. I see how love for them becomes a source of pain and stress and anxiety and even when they are in love with someone who is good in every way they still associate their love to that person with pain and stress and anxiety and they will find a reason to feel those emotions because it is what is familiar because as a child The person who nurtured you did so by infusing you with pain and stress and fear and anxiety. And I want to delve into that today. I want to delve into how we take what happens to us as children. We morph it into our brains as adults and we vomit that into our relationships And either we stay with the wrong people for too long because we make excuses for them, or we push away the right people because loving them becomes painful. So let's get into my story, because I know a lot of you will see yourselves in this. Now, technically, I don't know when the abuse started, I just know my earliest memories. And I know that by the time I was four, I knew to fear my mother. I knew to run away from her in terror. And I knew that when we were alone was when the danger happened. And when we were not alone, I was safe. I remember sitting on the couch at the age of four after an episode, after a beating, after being terrorized by my mom, sitting on the couch. And my dad walking in the house after work and feeling relieved because I knew I was safe now. I knew nothing more was going to happen because my dad was home. And it could have been anybody walking in that door. But at at the age of four, I had a fundamental understanding that I was safer when I was not alone with my mother. I remember when I was in grade nine, or not grade nine, sorry, when I was nine years old, I was taking a bath. And I remember thinking, I have to hurry because mom is in a state and she will find a reason to beat me. And if she thinks I'm taking too long in the tub, she will beat me. And I was hurrying. I did not dawdle. I did not play. I was trying to get washed and out of there as quickly as I could. But you know what? It wasn't fast enough. And I got a beating because I was taking too long. That same year, I called Child Protection Services on my mother. And I'll tell you, I warned her. I did say, if you don't stop, I will call Child Protection Services on you. Because I knew what was happening was wrong. I got teased at school for having bruises on my body. I was not being protected because she did this when we were alone. And I needed to take away her ability to hurt me. And that was the only way I knew how. And I did. I did do that. I did call Child Protection Services. And my mom did stop for a while. But when you don't remove yourself from an abusive person, when you continue to give them access to you, when you continue to hide their behaviors, because you are protecting them, then you continue to put yourself in danger with them. And so even though I left home, when I was 17, it went from physical abuse to mental abuse. My mom saying to me, in my 30s, your friends don't like you. They think you're a bitch. Even though my mom had never met any of these people that she was referring to because she was barely in my life because the best relationship we could have was one that involved distance. And when I started blocking out what she was saying, when I started no longer giving her access to my mind, when I started saying to her, I'm not going to listen to your words anymore, I'm not going to answer the same questions anymore because you don't listen, you don't hear the answers, and you keep asking me over and over again. And if anyone has read the Celestine Prophecy, and looked at the ways that people will take your energy, one of them is called the interrogator. And so my mom went from physically abusive to interrogating me constantly, demanding that I give her this attention, this this need to have her anger settled. And when I no longer gave her access to that, when I stopped answering her questions and said, I'm not doing this anymore, that's when it turned into verbal abuse. This thing that she said to me, don't ever bother me again, you don't exist, you died. That wasn't the first time she said that. This has been her new go-to over the past few years. And we tend to Pick people who are going to pick up where our abusers leave off. So when I left home when I was 17 and I moved in with my first boyfriend, guess who I picked? Somebody who was pretty much doing what she did. Somebody who would slap me in the face, drag me around by my hair, threaten my life, make me feel unsafe. You know... My low self-esteem had me picking guys who reaffirmed the message that I didn't deserve a safe form of love. And it almost kept me from being in a relationship that would be safe. I almost couldn't have a relationship with someone amazing because all of that painful baggage meant that I was vomiting dysfunctional behavior into my relationship and pushing away someone who was right for me in every single way. And these, this trauma that you take with you from your childhood and manifest into your love life, either in the form of more abusers who keep the cycle going because... We, we seek what's familiar, even if it's wrong for us. And the unfamiliar feels uncomfortable. So that should somebody great come into our lives who will not do those same things, we are so uncomfortable in this unfamiliar scenario that we sabotage it. That we find ways to manifest the pain and anger back into this relationship. And we will pick fights because it's what we're used to. We'll be angry because it's what we're used to. We will incite anger because it's what we're used to. And we will feel the pain over and over and over again because it is what we are used to. I have seen this pattern over and over again in my coaching practice. I've seen women who need to leave bad relationships, who need to leave behind people who use anger and guilt as a control tactic. You know, my mom used to say to me, you're the only one I have left because my, her and my dad got a divorce. My sister passed away and every relationship she would get into would end in a breakup because her anger would always manifest itself in looking at the other person and saying, you were doing something wrong. And like me, she could have been with the most amazing people. My dad is an amazing person. She still acknowledges that to this day, even though she'll also find opportunities to take him down because she wants to see pain on my face because it's more comfortable than feeling it inside her own body. she will push away good relationships because she has not resolved the pain and the hurt from her own childhood abuse and this is the cycle that perpetuates itself over and over and over again if i had not recognized the cycle in myself i would be the mirror image of her i would not be in a successful relationship if i had not decided to take control of my emotions to stop vomiting my pain into my relationship to detach my emotional roller coaster from my partner's ride and say when it comes to feelings and the negative feelings and the vomit and the dysfunction listen boo you got to do you cuz i'm busy over here doing me and if i had an incorporated what I needed to do in order to take control of myself, I would not be with the man I'm with today. But I stopped the cycle. I stopped it dead in its tracks. And I teach people how to stop that same cycle themselves. And it's a shame when I look at my mom and she cannot do that because it means that she cannot have a relationship with me because I refuse to have a relationship with an abusive person. I've stopped allowing that in my romantic relationships. I stopped first allowing people to be abusive towards me. And then I had to stop myself from being abusive towards my partners. And now finally, I am putting a stop to my last abuser which was my first abuser. And I'm not doing that because I want to. You know, my husband is the most generous, kind person I know. He gives people chances long beyond the point when I would have stopped. And yet my husband stopped giving my mom a chance almost a year ago. And when I told my husband today, finally after much thought, um, you know, here's my mom messaging me around the weekend telling me, you don't exist, don't bother me again for the upteenth time now. When I finally told him I blocked her, he said, good, you should have done that a long time ago. This coming from the man who gives so many chances to people has been wanting me to stop giving my abuser a chance because he sees the dysfunction. He sees the pattern and he does not feel I should continue to put myself in that position. But it's hard, guys. I recognize how difficult it is. It was hard for me to leave The guy who abused me after I left home. We were together for three years. I went back so many times before finally putting a complete end to it. Because we make excuses, don't we? We tell ourselves they can't help it. We give them the sad story that they give us. We allow them to have that story. It's not their fault. And we have that association to love that is so dysfunctional. Love should hurt. Shouldn't it it have a little bit of, of pain to it? You know, and it's sad. I see it in my life again. I know I've said this before and I see it in other people's lives. But there comes a time when you need to put a stop to it. And there comes a time where it doesn't matter who the person is. You have to look at the behavior. And there comes a time when you have to stop making excuses for abuse in the way that it manifests itself. Either somebody vomiting it on you or you vomiting it on someone else. Both of them do not belong in your life. Both of them require you to step up and take control of the situation. Both of them require courage. It takes a lot of courage to stay in a relationship with someone amazing while you work through the pain that you brought in with you, packed up in these suitcases that you have yet to unpack. It takes a lot of courage to talk about it. It takes a lot of courage to stop hiding your abuser. It takes a lot of courage to stop giving them the cover of privacy when they do this to you. I know so many people who were secretly seeing their abuser, not telling their friends, not telling their family, because they know. They know what their friends and family know, which is that this is unhealthy. And the more you keep it a secret, the more you allow it because abusers rely on your secrecy to continue their behavior. It takes a lot to acknowledge the source of the pain that you bring into a relationship instead of vomiting on the other person. For myself with my husband, it was insecurity that I was vomiting on him because what was not instilled in me as a child was the notion that I deserved something functional and devoted to my safety. It takes a lot to catch yourself in those moments where you want to blame the other person for your pain and say, no, wait a minute, they are not the source. I need to deal with the source. And I've come to that place Over the years, since I started meditating and taking responsibility for my behaviors, for my actions, for my words, and I've stopped vomiting, but I wasn't willing to, to shut the door on what is the most important person in my life, which is my mother. There are so many other people that I have gladly shut the door on because they were abusive they are done, they are gone. But the one person I was unwilling to completely close the door on was my mother because I held out hope and we do that too. We hold out hope that the abuser will see the wrong in their ways, will decide that they want something better with you, will make the change to have the sort of healthy functional relationship you want to have with them and that you hope they would want to have with you. But there comes a point where you have to acknowledge that the pattern is there. The pattern is not changing. And the only person who can decide the outcome of your life is you. And you need to take that control. And again, the word courage comes in here. It takes so much courage, whether it's a romantic relationship or a familial relationship or even an employer who might be abusive towards you. It takes a lot of courage to stand up for what is right and do what is right and stop them from being able to do what they are doing to you. You know, if I didn't have this business where I needed to maintain a certain focus and a certain vibe, I probably would not have blocked my mom because I probably could handle those outbursts that she has from time to time when she feels the need to get the anger out of her and I am her lightning rod. But one of the things that abusers don't care about is what you need. And those moments when my mom reaches out and unleashes on me and my husband and I, we call it the same old because it's always the same old pattern, which is blame and anger and questions. And it's the same things that she says over and over again. But abusers don't care about what you need. And what I need to do is not be derailed from the events that are coming up in my life. And as this business grows, I need to not be distracted the day before I'm about to do a big video shoot. I need to be in the right mindset when I am sitting with my clients. I need to bring the right energy When I'm hosting a speed dating event. And I need to have people in my life who respect that. And appreciate me for who I am. And are unwilling to take me off my path. And are unselfish enough to want to manage themselves in a functional way. Rather than vomit on me. In an effort to ease the pain inside of them. So, I think my point in all this is I want you to understand that if you're having trouble with relationships, if you're choosing the wrong partners or pushing away the right partners, you need to stop looking at the person right in front of you and blaming them for what is happening. You need to go deeper into yourself and find the source and start taking action based on what the source is. Do you need to remove somebody from your life? Do you need to gain greater control over your own behaviors? What do you need to do to be happy? Because here's the thing about abusers. They will suck the happiness out of your life. Because in a way, they just don't know how to do anything otherwise. They don't know how to be happy within themselves. And we infect the people around us with what is inside of us. And so if somebody is infecting you with their unhappiness because that's all they know how to do and blaming you for their unhappiness because they are not wise enough to look inside themselves and find the own source of their unhappiness so that they can deal with it and stop vomiting on those around them, whatever it is that you need to do, it's time for you to start doing that so that you may have a more positive effect on your romantic life. You deserve this. There is nothing holding you back except for your courage or lack thereof. So gain some courage today. Look at what is happening in your life. Start changing things for the better. Start meditating. Shrink your amygdala. Reduce your fight or flight. Because that's part of the process of gaining more courage is reducing your capacity to feel stress, fear, and anxiety, which makes you less reactive. And start telling these people, no, you may not have access to me. You may not hurt my body. You may not hurt my mind. You may not hurt my soul. You may not derail me from my purpose. And if you disagree with what I'm saying, then you may not be in my life until you gain more control over yourself and can come to me in a more functional manner and treat me the way I am now vowing to treat myself, which is with dignity and respect and love. So let me know if you need to do this, let me know if you are going to do this, let me know if you need the courage to do this, because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to lead by example. I will never ask you to do something I haven't done myself. And I'd love to infect you with this courage that I now have to take control of the love that is happening in my life and ensure that it is happening on a functional level and nothing less. Because we all deserve functional love. We all deserve real love. We all deserve to teach it. We all deserve to have it. And we should all be spreading it. So let's do this, my love warriors. Let's do this. Let's get functional about love. And let's shut down the dysfunction until we have shut it down completely. And it is nothing but beautiful, wonderful, supportive love in our lives. And that is all we allow. Because that is all we want to give. And that is all we will receive. I love you guys. And I know you love, I know you know that. I know you know that. I know you love me back. So, what is coming up for you? So tonight, because I did this on Tuesday rather than on Monday, I took a little break yesterday. I think I needed it. I needed to recoup, maybe deploy a parachute and have a big glass of wine after this weekend. So tonight, I am doing my live on Facebook webinar. We're going to talk about texting. So we're going to have some people on and we're going to dissect texting. Some people suck at texting and some people hate that other people suck at texting. So let's talk about that. Some people are confused about what to say next, uh, how to respond, how to decode the text that they're getting. Let's get into this. And as usual, we have the monthly No More Assholes free webinar coming up on November 5th with my guest, Rebecca Thomas, Thompson (laughs) from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we're going to teach you what wonderful love looks like, how you're going to get into it using my no kissing for three months rule. I'm going to get into the science of it. You're going to understand this because the better you understand it on a simple, simple level, the better equipped you are to teach people why you are doing this and You know, the men, the generous long-term thinkers are going to listen to what you say and look at you like you are a being unlike any other and say, you know what? That makes complete sense. Let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes and make sure we're kissing the right one instead of kissing and then hoping this is the right relationship for me. So I will see you soon. I hope you enjoyed this. I always enjoy you, and I will see you online tonight. Goodbye, my loves.